What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. Papa Dude, I did not change the banner. Why did I not do that? Boy, I'm 0 for 1 already. There we go. There's what we wanted. Uh, so now we got the right background. Uh, Shotty's here, and now it's a party. Shotty said she's not missing this one. What's up, Papa Dude? Not a thing. I just talked to you about an hour and a half ago. Nothing's changed, so we're to roll here. Everything has changed. Baker Mayfield is now a Carolina Panther. What are you talking about? Yeah. And when you told me the uh, – I, I knew that had happened, but I didn't read the details. You're saying that Cleveland got a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, it's a conditional draft pick. It'll either be a fourth round or a fifth round, depending on how much Baker plays. So, I mean, Carolina basically got him for very little to nothing. Yeah. Um, Carolina will pay like $5 million, I think, to him, uh, and then $10 million will be paid uh, by the Browns. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, what the NFL is, and, and, and I mean, that's nothing, basically. No. It just shows you what how his value – has gone down. That's what it tells me. Oh, big time. I would let this be a lesson to any athlete out there. Uh, you know, this whole thing about you play hurt and you try to be tough and you try yeah. to stick it out and all that stuff. Don't ever do it. No. Because I, at the end of not this season, but the last season, his stock had never been higher. Right. And he went out there and he got hurt in game two and he tried to play through and uh, then boom. He's gone. He had a bad season, and that's it. So you never want to do that, and that's why. Nope, and then he shot his mouth off uh, when it looked bad at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Had he set out and not played, and you've got to ask yourself, too, why did Cleveland let him play? Maybe I, I don't get that either. Yeah. He was obviously hurt, but he's got another chance to make up for it and uh, it's Cleveland's loss, basically, if you look to, you know. And they may end up starting the season without a quality quarterback. So I don't one, know what they're doing. I just don't. So Game one of the season, Cleveland at Carolina. Yeah. You can't make that up. And it could be Jacoby Brissett for Cleveland. Yeah. So that would be incredible yeah. if that was the case. And there's no guarantee Baker's going to start for Carolina because it absolutely could be Sam Donald. It could mm -hmm. be a Matt Corral, too. Right. So, I mean, yeah. But, we'll but to get a guy of his quality who has proven he can win games in the NFL mm -hmm. for $5 million and a fourth or fifth round pick, which that's not much. Yeah, well, that's that's a pretty good deal for Carolina, in my opinion. I think Carolina, it's a, it's a real good deal, and the Browns, I mean, he, you know, and obviously they couldn't get anything out of him, so maybe yeah. that's the best they could do. But yeah, I think Carolina, it's worth the risk. I mean, you're not, you don't have a quarterback really anyway. It's kind of a stopgap. You're hoping yeah. until the kid from Mississippi. That's right. Plays, so. Yeah. yeah. We'll so see. I think it's a, I think it's a great move for the Panthers. Uh, I think he's got a chance to to do okay there. 
Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, see if he beats out Sam Darnold. You'd yeah. have to think. You'd have to think Carolina is not high on Darnold because they wouldn't. I mean, Baker could mess up whatever chemistry they may have. I, I mean, he's not that kind of guy, mm-hmm. but he's going to go in there expecting to play. I would think there's no doubt uh, Sam Darnold is probably not the one he's worried about be- beating out. I'd say the, the rookie is going to be the one that the yeah. Panthers are going to be inclined to play, um, and so we'll see what happens. Listen, the Panthers were on a pretty good roll to start the season last year, and Sam Darnold became Sam Darnold, and then yeah. that was it. So yeah. uh, we'll see if they can get some improvement. They wouldn't be- have made that move if they were confident in him. That's for No, sure. they wouldn't because if they were confident in Darnold, he would groom uh, – Corral. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. but they're not. So yeah. I think it's a very, very interesting uh, move and a situation to watch uh, this summer. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be fun. And uh, like I said, this is the Dude to Bet Sports Show. We started off with sports. Now we'll go to racing and then we'll end with sports. All right. Uh, we have a knack. Every time we go live, one minute before we go live, something happens. Six. Yeah. And then we have to cover it. So, uh, yep. Yeah, Baker Mayfield to Carolina. We'll see how that falls out. All right. We're going to talk about uh, horse racing now, though. We're going to pivot to uh, seven stakes races. First look. Uh, this is the first look show again, just like last week. We have first look at, at seven big stakes races going on on Saturday. We truly are spread out this weekend. Prairie Meadows, uh, Horseshoe, Indianapolis, and Belmont Park, obviously, for their closing weekend card. So, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to start with the track that's near and dear to our hearts, Prairie Meadows. It's the Iowa Festival of Racing. It starts on Friday and it concludes on Saturday. We're going to talk about the last three races uh, during the Iowa Festival of Racing this season. And we're going to start with race seven. It's the Iowa Oaks going a mile and a 16th for three-year-olds. It's a great three event, $225,000 purse. We've got a field of eight. Um, it's not great, but I'll run down who we got, and then I'll kick it over to Papa Dude. We've got the number one, Free Like a Girl, who won a Louisiana Bread Sticks at Evangeline Downs last time out. The number two is Miss Hard Knocks. This horse gets back to the dirt after trying to turf last time out at Canterbury. Uh, wasn't running real well over the dirt uh, since February. We have the number three, Falcon Net. This will be a Todd Pletcher uh, shipper. Uh, horses won two in a row and including an allowance at Churchill Downs last time out. The number four is Butterbean. Uh, Butterbean won the Panther Stakes at Prairie Meadows by almost six links last time out. That's the local prep race for the Iowa Oaks. The number five, my friend Amy, uh, last time out was second in an allowance at Lone Star. Two races back was able to win a Lone Star allowance race. Uh, the number six is Candy Raid, another horse getting back to the dirt after running fifth in the regret on the turf at Churchill Downs. Two races back, this horse was in the Kentucky Derby, finished, or excuse me, the Kentucky Oaks, finished ninth uh, at 54 to one. The number seven is Hartley. Uh, she was second in the Panther Stakes last time out to Butterbean. And the number 10 is No Silver, or excuse me, the number eight is No Silver Spoon here was second last time out in allowance, first start for Hiles. All right, field of eight there. All right, Papa Dude, where are we going to kick off the Iowa Festival of Racing? All right, before we get started, you and I, this used to be must-see in-person racing for us. We've kind of, shall we say, outgrown 
Prairie Meadows maybe a little bit. Uh, just for some reason, it just I just don't get up there anymore. I used to, we used to go once a year. I haven't been in a long time. You've been since I have. Uh, it's it's a neat little place. It, well, it's not little. It's a huge casino. It's what they call a racino. But it's really a pretty place to watch racing. It's just kind of deteriorated a little bit on the racing side the last few years. And they used to attract a little bit better field than what they what they do now. Mm -hmm. I zeroed in on four horses. I'll throw them out there and see if you're kind of similar. I uh, zeroed in on the one, the three, the four, and the six. Anything different on you? No, I think I really think it's going to be between the three and the four. That's the two yeah. that I, I like in this spot. So Me too. go ahead. Who, who you've got well, on Here's top. the thing. Uh, the six is uh, entered, I believe, this is it Indiana? It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. The six is entered in the Indiana Oaks. So we don't know for sure which one uh, he will go to or she. She will go to. Do you have any insight on that? Well, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We've got a couple of horses cross-entered uh, in the uh, Indiana Derby as well. As far as Candy Raid, I have not heard where the horse is going. Um, now, here's the deal. The horse has been working out at Churchill Downs. You would think that means you're going to go up to Horseshoe, Indianapolis. It's just a, a, a small drive up there. Yeah. I, If I was a betting man, which I am, I think the six will go to uh, Indiana. I would think so too. Uh, got the same jockey mm -hmm. either place. You know, there's no difference in that. So I didn't really look at the six in this race too much because I'm thinking she's going to go to Indiana. I'm like you. I really like the three a lot and the four because the four ran extremely well at Prairie last time out and won by six links in the prep. For this race, hasn't uh, hasn't done a whole lot, but ne and neither has the three. But when you look right down to it, none of them have in this race. It's not there's not really a standout in this one. So I think the four at five to one is a really good play, and probably get bet down a little. I would think, wouldn't you? Especially well, if Candy Raid's not in it, you know. It's going to get bet down probably, I would say, to three to one maybe since it won the prep. What are you thinking on that? Yeah, I would think you're probably going to, just guessing, I would say Falcon Net will be the favorite and probably be about eight to five. And, yeah, I would say the four will be three to one. Yeah. And then maybe the one is about four to one. That would be my yeah. guess. Now, what do you think of the one? Because the one has won a lot of races. The one, uh, Free Like a Girl, has won a ton of races. They've been against Louisiana Breds. Uh, this will be the horse's first race against Open Company since June of the two-year-old season where uh, she was third at Lone Star against Open Company. Um, yeah, I mean, she has – this horse is really not for me in this spot. Yeah. Um, I, I have respect for the horse, but I think this is a weird uh, spot for her. Right. She did finish fourth in the Honey Bee. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there you go. There was yeah, uh, yeah I forgot well, about that. That gives me a little hope. I, I I would I would place her third. You know, I think I think she's decent. You know, I like horses that have won a lot. I know she hasn't been up against uh, open company much, but this isn't just a tremendous field, I don't think. So I think she could get in there and hit something. Uh, 
I know on one uh, service we use some, they picked the eight to win it. Uh, no silver spoon, but I just didn't see much that I liked on that one. Now Dennis likes it, and that's a good that's a good sign. Yes, we'll go through some of the comments now. Uh, Shotty thinks it's between the three and the four and has the five mixed in with exotics. That's my friend Amy. That's a horse, uh, like I said, been running down at Lone Star, uh, got a win, and then got another allowance win, and then got uh, second in an allowance. So she thinks that horse could hit the board. Let's see what Dennis has to say about the eight. He says, I love the eight. Was touted on the horse last time out, and Corey Lannery rode awful. And they believe in the horse so much they, that they showed up here. Um, let's talk about the eight then. Yeah, an Aiden Claimer, but it was a $100,000 main Claimer win on debut at Keeneland and, and really looked good. Last time out, even though uh, you might blame Landry for the loss, the horse still ran pretty well to get second, only beaten a half length, uh, salute the flag, not too bad of a horse uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a good spot uh here i do i think it's a good spot for the, to give the eight another try what did you think yeah i i, I think so now that, now that you've explained it better because you know them a lot better than i do um i don't know why you wouldn't look at it at six to one uh and I, obviously there people are asking us about cabrera uh he's obviously back or he wouldn't be scheduled to ride this horse he is a a very good jockey that runs extremely well Mm -hmm. at Prairie Meadows. So mm -hmm. I think that's something to look at too. Well, Daniel brought it up and uh, he says, Aaron, I, I see that Cabrera is on the end horse. He's back from injury. He was on a roll and boy, yeah, Daniel, I'm sure we were what you were probably watching during Oakland when we were covering it. We talked about Cabrera a lot and yeah, it's good to have him back. Uh, he, he had a pretty bad spill there at Oakland, missed a lot of time. And like Davey said, and he is, he's a very good jockey. Yep. especially here in this uh, circuit in the in the kind of yep. the Midwest, I, I would call it, uh, uh, or, or Southwest, depending on where he's located at the time. Right. But yeah, David Carrera back, going to get tuned up and probably be tough down at Remington here in a few weeks. Well, and I tell you, he won a ton of races at Oaklawn. And if you can win a ton of races at Oaklawn, you're a pretty good jockey, I'll tell you for sure. So he can hold his own with anybody up here at Prey Meadows. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've got to give a shout out to Isaac. We haven't seen him in a while. It says, go Warriors. Isaac, a huge Warriors fan. All right, Isaac, they got it done. And uh, he also says, really big news, Johnny Depp is back with Disney. Okay. So we've got all the breaking news, Baker. We Maybe he's been traded. Johnny Depp's back with Disney. So this is this is big. So uh, Davey says he can't wait for Rivington to start back up. Yep, I can't either. Hopefully he won't be long. A few times. All right, uh, who we got on top, Papa Dude? Who are you picking? I'm like you. I like the four a lot. Uh, I think I will go four, three, one, eight. All right. Papa Dude's going four, three, one, and eight. I'm just going to take that three. I'm going to go three, four, and eight for the top three there. Maybe the one gets up for fourth. But, uh, yeah, I do like the three quite a bit, and that's who I'll put on top uh, for that one. As of now, final pick, uh, well, I don't think we're doing that one, actually, for, no. uh, for Blinkers Off, so don't worry about that. All right. Let's go to the next one. The Iowa Derby is next, and we've got a field of 10 for this year's running of the race. It's a $250,000 purse going a mile on the 16th. It'll be race eight on the card, and uh, we got, like I said, 10 three-year-olds. I'll read them off real quick for everybody. The number one is Rome. Uh, he was the winner of the Prairie Mile. That is the prep for this. So the local prep winner is number one, Rome. 
Number ten, or number, excuse me, number two is Big Blue Line. He goes for his third straight win in a row after winning two straight at uh, Churchill Downs. The number three is Major General for Todd Pletcher. Uh, this horse has kind of been all over the place. He he uh, got second in the Lexington three races back, then was nowhere to be found in the Pat Day, and then they tried turf and he was not good again. Now he shows up here. Uh, the number four horse is Acute Acutor Acutor. I can't say that name. Uh, tried two races on the turf, uh, got third in both of them. Moved to the dirt, going made special weight seven furlongs and dominated at Churchill Downs last time out. Number four is Conager, and this horse, another one, got back to the dirt two races back, dominated Allowance Company at Keeneland, then came back and won another allowance in dominant fashion at Churchill Downs. He beat Goodnight, and Goodnight came back to win last uh, week at Churchill Downs in a, in a listed stakes race. Also, Goodnight, a grade one winner as a two-year-old. The sixth horse is Feel the Fear. This horse was second to Rome last time out in the Prairie Mile. The seven is Diamond Rim. This horse was fifth last time out in the Prairie Mile. We'll keep the theme going. The number eight is Ain't Life Grand. He was third last time out in the Prairie Mile. He's an Iowa bred that will be trying open company in this spot for the third straight race. The number nine, Rattle and Roll, will scratch. Rattle and Roll will run in the Indiana Derby. So he is out of the Iowa Derby. And then the number 10 is Chilano. And this horse comes off a maiden special weight win Last time out at Churchill Downs. That's the full field of 10. Who do we like here? Can I say I don't like anybody? No, <laughs> it's not a strong race. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I have to pick somebody, don't I? Normally, I wouldn't pick anybody, I don't think, in this thing. Uh, I circled the three, the four, and the five. Now, the four is in the Indiana Derby also. Uh-huh. That's another one. So we'll have to decide on that one. Whether this he'll come is another down. one that is working out at Churchill Downs. I'm assuming he's he's gonna go to Indiana, but I do not know that for sure. Yeah, I would too. Uh so that would get rid of him. So I I I kind of looked at the one a little bit. I don't like the trainer that well. I think this is a very weak field, and I would not be a bit surprised if we have a big upset in this. Uh, I don't care for the Asmussen horse very well. Um, you got any other ideas? I mean, who did – I've picked Major General before. I uh, forget where it was at. I think it was the Pat Day maybe, uh, and he was terrible. Um, I think he's probably got more class than anybody else. So I think it's between the three – and the five for me. Uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> to me. I don't want to play any part of Major General uh, at yeah. all. Uh, the five Conager is my top pick, and I think it's going to be one of two things. I think this horse will beat this field by multiple links, or I don't think he'll be able to get the distance. And I think it's going to be a big upset if Conager doesn't win. I, I don't see a big blue line winning. I, I don't see Major General. Uh, I think the four is going to Indiana. Uh, I I just think Conager is going to roll here, and uh, if he doesn't get the distance, then I think it becomes crazy and it becomes wide open. Yep, I think this is the by far the weakest Iowa Derby I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. It's not no. great. Um, yeah, like I said, it's field of ten, and we're 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 thinking the two horses will scratch out of this. So yeah, uh, 
with rattle and roll and, and a cuta tour. So I guess that's how you say that. Um, so it, uh, Daniel makes a very good point. <clears throat> You've got Elliot coming out up to ride. He's at Lone Star for Aspison. And he's coming up here to ride that horse. Uh, of course, he's got another one too in the next race that mm -hmm. he's really coming up for. But uh, I just can't go with that horse. He he just hasn't he hasn't done anything. He broke his maiden last time out, and I you know he hadn't shown much before that either. I would be I'd be surprised, Daniel, if if the ten does much here. Uh, it took ten races to break the maiden. Uh, right. Finally got it done. You know, I've been running against some decent horses, though. Uh, got beat by best actor at Oaklawn and best actor is a horse that I'm going to pick in the Indiana Derby. Um, got beat by We the People in a maiden race. Beat by Kucher. He's not bad. I mean, he's faced some good ones. He has. Um, yeah. But You still got to win. So, I mean, that's a lot of races before you finally break your maiden. Yeah. Um, I am – Thinking there, the Iowa bred ain't life grand does have a shot here to hit the board. Uh, you look at this horse when he goes two turns, he runs very well. He was third last time out, uh, in the prairie mile. Um, look, there's a lot of pace here. The horse wants longer, it's the third start off the layoff. They've kind of targeted the spot. Do you think ain't life grand has any kind of shot in this one? No, <laughs> I just not gonna back ain't life grand, huh? You're not going to back him in this spot. No. When, I, I know. This feels not very strong. So, but he had neither. No. Yeah. I mean, I, Iowa bred. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think it's going to have to kind of come back to him a little bit. I do think he'll finish up pretty strongly. Uh, maybe yeah, get, he get up in the money, make the exacta trifecta, maybe super pay a little bit. Uh, but maybe. Yeah. I really think this is a one horse race and I think it's Conager's race to lose. And if he, if he shows up and doesn't run that well, then it, this becomes a wide open crapshoot. We've seen that up at Iowa. Before. Oh, it, it has. Um, Normally the big favorites don't win in these big races at Iowa. They really don't. Yeah. There's usually upsets all over the yeah. place. This will be a horse that's never won a stakes race. I don't think he's even ever run in a stakes race. Has it? Right, exactly. And yeah. uh, I, I I envision this horse. By the way, th these are the worst morning lines in the history of morning lines. I, I envision the five to be like three to five. So don't even think about four yeah. to one. Hopefully he's like six to five. But yeah, he's going to get bet pretty hard. Well, Major General's two to one because of Pletcher and Castellano. That's the yeah. reason. Yeah. Usually horses that are coming from Churchill Downs do very well at this festival. So that's another thing to kind of keep an eye yeah. on uh, as we go along. Uh, Eric chimes in. He says, uh, uh, was there, was just there at Pretty Metals last weekend. The facility is really nice. Yes, oh, it, it is. is. Yeah. It reminds me of a county fair kind of, you know, uh, you sit outside, there's picnic tables there. It's, it's usually, it's in North, it's in middle Iowa. It's the humidity is not very bad. They run a lot of races at night, and it's it's very pleasant to sit and watch the races. It's the weather is usually really good. Yeah, usually you know some of the nights they'll start at like six o'clock, and yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely nice. It's definitely nice. definitely nice. Yep. 
All right, let's move on to the feature. It's the Cornhusker, and let's not forget last year, Nick's Go won the Cornhusker That's on his right. way to the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, yes. Uh, unbelievable that that happened. It's the Cornhusker, the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker handicap going a mile and an eighth, race nine on the card, $300,000 purse. Shorter field this time, just a field of six. We'll read them off. Number one is Flash of Mischief. He was uh, seventh last time out in the Sexton Mile um, and then two races back was fourth in an allowance at Lone Star. So he hasn't shown much the last two races. Officiating is the two horse. Last time out was third in the run happy uh, at Belmont Park and uh, hasn't really stretched out and went this distance for a while. Uh, looks like the longest distance here lately has been at one mile. So he'll give it a shot here. The number three is Silver Prospector. Uh, you said it. I think Elliot's coming to ride this horse mm -hmm. for Houston more than anything. Winner of the Sexton Mile last time out at Lone Star Park by a length and a half. We'll see if he can make it two in a row for Asmussen. The number four rated R Superstar. Of course, got hot at Oakland Park last year or this year with a couple of wins. David Cabrera is back, and he is back aboard this horse. I'm sure he's very happy about that. Um, hasn't done much lately, though. This horse uh, was Eight, uh, excuse me, fifth, beating eight in the Sexton Mile last time out. Number five is Warrant coming off a second-place finish in the mile-and-a-half Brooklyn Stakes on Belmont Stakes Day. We'll see if he can get that turned around. Of course, three races back, he was second by a head in the mile-and-a-quarter Santa Anita Handicap. Boy, he just barely lost the express train. And the number six is Fleet Ridge. He's coming off an allowance win at Prairie Meadows last time out by three and three-quarter links. All right, who do we like in this one? Well, this is this is a. I think this is a good one. Uh, we got Warrant, who I hate because every time I pick him, he loses. Uh, let's talk about the four for a minute. One of my all-time favorite horses, but appears to be showing some age. Uh, I don't really worry about the Sexton Mile because I don't understand why they put him in a mile mm -hmm. race. That's not his. Deal. I think they were just trying something. Because uh, he ran terrible in the Oakland handicap, and that's the one that I'm looking at. As uh, you know, he was not the favorite, but a lot of people thought he would run really well because he had won two other stakes races at Oakland and was in great form. I think he finished ninth in the uh, no, it was seventh in the handicap, and that kind of was a sign to me that 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 age might be starting to catch up to this guy. He he's what a horse, nine years old. Runs well almost every time. So to me, this comes down between my, the horse I hate, Warrant, and number three, uh, Silver Prospector. And I think you got to look at two officiating a little bit. When you look at Warrant and you see what he's done, uh, he's obviously the class of the race, don't you think? I mean, he's running big-time stuff. Now, he was third in the grade three. Uh, Louisiana Stakes. He was second in the Santa Anita Handicap, which was a grade one. He was third in a grade three at Keeneland, second in the grade two Brooklyn at Belmont. I mean, these are races that are better than most of these other horses have been in. So if he's ready and if he runs well, he's going to be my pick. But I think he's going to get bet way down too. I, I he'll be my single. I think he'll dominate in the spot. I really do. Um, you look at what this horse did last year. He was super good. And he kicked off this year. He faced Mandaluna Midnight Bourbon at first out. That's just that's that's always yeah. gonna be tough. 
like I said, ran well at Santa Anita. That field wasn't great, but he ran very well. The the race in the Ben Ali is probably the one that, that people are going to look at and say, oh, that's, that was not good. But you know what? He got beat by Scalding. That's a really good horse. He got beat by Dynamic One. That horse has come back to win. He's going to be a favorite in the Suburban. He got beat by Proxy, and that horse just chunks up and gets third in all those races. That race turned out to be a lot tougher than what we thought it was going in. And then last time out losing to Fearless, that's that's no that's big not, deal. And he, he beat yeah. Lone this horse beat Lone Rock in a mile yeah. and a half. Now you're telling me you got to beat Rated R Superstar? Yeah. Officiating? Silver Prospector. Silver Prospector? That's not a that's a that's one of those hard knocking horses that's just not really that good. No, I, I think Warrant gets it done here. I do too. I don't think it'll be much of a problem for him. He ran great in the last race uh against he did. Fearless. Yep. He he gave, he almost won that race. Mm-hmm. So he should win if he's ready. And there's no reason why he's not ready. The thing's gonna be he's probably gonna be four to five. Yeah. Now Aspuse is gonna take money up there because he always does, because it's Aspuson. Uh so I think he probably you know, you're gonna have two heavy favorites, the rest won't be their odds will be pretty good probably i don't know how they feel about rated art superstar in iowa i mean villa villa franco wins a lot of races there mm-hmm. but i don't think I, I i don't think he'll be three to one i think he'll be five to one probably maybe even six yeah this will be his i think it'd be his third or maybe even fourth straight uh start in the cornhouse could be his third he's gotten third yeah. two straight years so, and that's probably where I see him going here yeah. as well. Um, I, I just think Warren's a little bit more classy. Me too. Yeah. I hope, I hope rated R wins, but I just don't see any way. Yeah. Um, Dennis asked, you know, uh, with Florent Giroux now going to Del Mar or thoughts on that. I, I don't, I think it's good for Brad Cox. I'll just say that. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> don't think Brad Cox is going to have any problem finding another jockey. Do you? No, I no. really don't. I really don't. And I, I I, like Flavian, but I don't think he's like top notch. I think Brad will be fine. Davey's got an interesting question here, too. He said, did, did Caprera choose to be on rated R over Flash? I would say yes, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I would say that's, that's the case, yeah. Um, he's ridden this horse a lot. Yeah, I, I think this is just one that – he loves to ride this horse. Yeah. It fits him really well. And they had that success at Oakland. And I think when you go down to Oakland and you win the fifth season and you also win the Essex, you're not going to jump off this horse no. for just anybody. So no. that's kind of what, what the deal is there with that. And he probably definitely... figures that Flash of Mischief's not going to win either. So just get on the one that you know the best. Yeah, Flash Mischief just hasn't hasn't ran very well this year. Let's let's be be real about it. Just not not good. Very good year last year. Hasn't been the same this year. Yeah, Isaac, hang on on your NBA questions. I've got those written down, so we won't miss them. We've got to go over a few more of these races and hang on, and we'll discuss that because those are two interesting things you've got there. Yep, we'll talk about the NBA just a little bit after this. So, all right, let's let's do it and let's move on to Indiana. So we'll go to Horseshoe, Indianapolis. Also on Saturday, it's Indiana Oaks and the Indiana Derby. We'll go to the Indiana Oaks first. A mile and 16th race, $200,000 per year. Field of eight, we do believe Candy Raid will run in this spot. 
this horse, like I said, coming off a ninth place finish in the Kentucky Oaks, two races back before finishing fifth on the turf last time out. We do believe she will run here. Napa Candy is the two horse. This horse has been beaten pretty badly against allowance runners at Churchill in her last two starts. How about this one? The number three, Potna. This horse has been a was a Mike Somich stable him up horse after her debut race at Fairgrounds. And all she's done is come back to win two races impressively, a maiden special weight, and then an allowance last time out. The number four is Silver Leaf. This horse comes back off a nine-day break. Yes, that's right. Just nine days ago, this horse broke uh, her maiden at Churchill Downs by nine. It was very, very uh, impressive. The number five is Interstate Daydream, this horse won the black-eyed Susan last time out and did it pretty impressively by over a length. Two races back was third nest in the Ashland Stakes. Five is North County. This horse coming off a layoff. Haven't seen her since April where she was fourth uh, at Turfway Park in the Bourbonette Oaks. The number seven is Runaway Wife. This horse was able to defeat Silverleaf, the four horse, two races back before coming back just eight days ago. Yes, just eight days ago at Churchill Downs and winning in, a, or excuse me, finishing second, I should say, in an allowance to Scratch Cap in a really nice race. Uh, and then the eight is 63 caliber. This horse coming off two straight wins here at the local track at Horseshoe, Indianapolis. So interesting field right here of eight runners. Um, boy, who do, who do you like in this one? Well, I have three circled. I have five, one, and three. Mm -hmm. And I like the five the best. Yeah, you'd have to say the five is is the far and away uh, the most established horse in the race. Yeah. The win at the Pimlico, I think, solidifies her in this one. So I, I, I think if she's ready, she wins easy. Don't you? I mean, I don't think anybody else can beat her if she's ready to go. Well, it's interesting that Florence Roux has ridden Potna, the three horse, and of course, Interstate Day Daydream, and Florent is on Interstate Daydream. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of tells you what they think. Dennis makes a great point. I was going to bring it up. He beat me to it. He said, Potna scratched for this, should have ran uh, Saturday at Churchill Downs. What he's talking about, uh, she was entered in a sprint stakes to take on Wicked Halo at Churchill Downs. I cannot remember the name of the stakes, but it was an ungraded stakes. And she scratched out. Well, that, that made Wicked Halo like one to nine to win. Right. And she did. Why run here against your stable mate, I think is the point. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Don't, do you find that strange as well? Uh, yeah, I, I don't get that at all. Mm -mm. Uh, I can see maybe scratching out a Churchill thinking you're not going to be Wicked Halo, maybe. Mm -hmm. But why not go somewhere else, like the Iowa Derby? Well, Iowa Oaks, yeah. I mean, I woke. Yeah. Yeah. Why not go to that? It is interesting. He is sending horses. He being Brad Cox, sending horses up to Iowa. Yeah. A bunch. Uh, you would think that would make more sense than trying to run against your stable mate here. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's odd. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one there, Dennis, but it, it's it's a good point. I'm not well, sure what. Perhaps on. the owners have something to do with it, too. Yeah. Maybe the owners wanted to run here. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the situation is, but yeah, uh, sometimes you know, it's out of the trainer's hands. Sometimes, you know, sometimes he does, it is. Well, it's I can I and now that I see it, the owner is Judmont, so there's no way that's a thing. Nobody okay. would be worried about that from them. So, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make a bunch of, a lot of sense with the five being as good a horse as she appears to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dennis says, doesn't know why Judmont would care. Davey says, maybe the horses ship better together. I don't think, like when the five went up to Pimlico, I know the three wasn't there. So I don't mm -hmm. I don't think that's it. I mean, I, logically, I, I see where you're going. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. sense. But I, yeah. I don't know that that's it. I It's it's a head scratcher. It just seems like you're wasting a race for either one of them, really, when you're going head to head like that. So it's odd. It is very odd uh, to me as well. What what about this? Okay, I, I, I do want to get into this because these these races were really fresh. Silver Leaf nine days ago, really impressive. But the horse that beat Silver Leaf and beat her easily came back to lose last time out, and that was Runaway Wife. They're both back here. Yeah, give either one of those horses a chance. I looked at the seven a little bit. Uh, away are you yep. getting at maybe what the odds are here? Are they, the lines a little strange? Well, I'm just getting at, do you think they can jump off off eight and nine days rest? No. In, in, no, so it's just you tossed them. But he just he does this all the time. Yeah, Kenny McPeak is running these two horses off eight and nine days rest, and we'll talk about rattle and roll off a right. seven-day rest. This isn't unusual for him, and, and, and you know, that's the way he trains, and this is not unusual at all. I don't think the horses are as good as number five, anyway. So, yeah, I think that's the big key. Uh, maybe yeah. underneath, yeah, yeah, maybe one of these McPeak horses gets it done. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, I, I don't know. I saw this was like, what, what is going on here? Um, he has wheeled back horses, let's see, within eight to 14 days, he's done it 19 times in the last year. Uh, and they won 11% of the time. So two out of 19, basically. Yeah. Is what that is. He's going to do it three times, uh, assuming all three of these horses are going to run two here, one in the next race. Mm -hmm. And, you know. We'll it's see a little strange. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Davey says he's seen Broberg. Uh, yes. So oh, saw Broberg uh, race a horse back-to-back -back nights, won the second night. I've seen that a couple of times out of trainers. Yeah, I've seen that from Carl. Uh, yeah. A lot. yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to just uh, play the five here and not worry about anybody else. I don't think maybe the three we'll see. We'll see if the three stays in. That, that'll be the question. That's true. All right. We got to move on here. The Indiana Derby is next. The next race on the card. It'll close out uh, Indiana grand <laughs> on Saturday race 12. Uh, like I said, grade three Indiana Derby mile and 16, 300,000 left first field of 10. I'll run through them quickly. The number 10, or excuse me, the number one is Trademark. <laughs> I said 10 because he finished 10th last time out in the Pat Day Mile. Um, the number two is First Glimpse last time out, finished second in an allowance over this uh, track. The three is Mo, uh, Mo Wins. This horse, uh, Indiana bred, so an Indiana bred going to try it, just like Ain't Life Grand is going to try the Iowa Derby as an Iowa bred. Last time out, the horse was a winner uh, by five and a quarter. In Indiana bred stakes. Uh, the four horse is King Ottoman. This horse comes up for Steve Asmussen after winning the Texas Derby last time out by a head in a pretty exciting race. Number five, New Year's Fever is two for two, another Indiana bred. Uh, both wins came against Indiana bred company in a maiden and then in an allowance. We talked about it. This is the morning line favorite. Number six, Rattle and Roll. Just seven days ago, he did look impressive in a uh, a stakes win at Churchill Downs. It was the American Derby. He beat Kucher and he beat Red Run in that race. So we'll see if Rattle and Roll can make it two in a row in two in one week. <laughs> uh, 
The seven best actor comes off two wins for Brad Cox. Won a maiden special weight at Oakland in April, and then came back to win a allowance race on June 12th at Churchill Downs. But for links, a tutor, a tutor, I think is how they told me to say it in the chat. Actuator. 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 Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Was the winner at a maiden special weight going seven furlongs. Unoho is back. The nine horse. This horse is back after finishing eighth in the Arkansas Derby. Of course, two races back, won the Rebel over, over Ethereal Road and Barber Road. And then finally, the 10 is Flower Blue. This horse was sixth last time out in the Texas Derby. Who do you like in this spot? <laughs> well, I have the nine. No, that's not the nine. The seven. Can't read my writing. <laughs> Seven, the four, and the six. I think I'm going to take a shot at the six not winning. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be between the seven and the four, and I think I like the seven the best. Uh, you got to look at rattle and roll because of the races, you know, the horse has been in. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, McPeak has ran that horse in a lot of big-time races, and it's run pretty well. Can he come back in a week? That's the thing. You know, most horses can't, or they don't try that, especially good ones. So this is a good horse. So that's kind of an odd thing to me for him to put him in there just a week after a win. He was very impressive. Maybe he didn't think that race took anything out of him. I don't know. The uh, the seven horse, very impressive in its last race, an $80,000 allowance, one by four links, seems to be getting better. I think that's worth a shot. At four to one. And then the Aspison horse, the only race the horse has ever won is the Texas Derby. So he hadn't even broke his maiden when he won that race. So is that one of these horses that's come on strong for Aspison late in the game? Kind of looks like it. So I like the I like the uh, seven and the four. And throw the six in there too. I every horse in this race kind of makes my head hurt a little bit. <laughs> So you look at best actor, won a sloppy maiden special weight, looked pretty good at Oakland. They tried to enter this horse in a turf race next out, and I don't know. I mean, why would you – no, actually, take that back. Made track only entry. Never mind. Scratch okay. that. I, 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 I can't read my own writing now. <laughs> I said turf – entered for turf MTO. So <laughs> forgot the MTO. Uh, so anyway, uh, but still – I. This horse is kind of untested, so I'm not – I'm just not 100% sure. Speed figures are solid, but they're not out of this world. Um, rattle and roll, no. King Ottoman is one I really want to try. Yeah. The breeding is amazing. Uh, a curling horse out of a tappet mare. But the horse just wasn't very good in the first three stars. Really didn't have much of a – you know, much no. of a, an excuse to lose in any of those weren't like the best horses that beat him in those maiden special weights. Well, don't forget now, Curlin did not even run as a two-year-old. Well, I know, I know, but still, I just, I don't know. I, I, I he's probably gonna have to be on the ticket somewhere, but I, I just can't. Well, play who are you top. going with then? I went with best actor on top, but I, I don't love it. I'm going to go pretty deep in this one. I, I will probably single in the 11th with the five horse for Cox and then probably play four or five here. I'll get the yeah. eight involved a little bit. I think you got to get the eight in there. Yes, I do. 
Now, what do you think about the trainer change on the nine? Well, he has not run for Diodoro yet, which I think is a little, I don't know when he, I, he wasn't claimed, was he? Didn't they just change trainers? I'm wondering if, if Ricky Corville doesn't have a license to run in Indiana. Oh, um, okay. Because the horse ran three times, and then when they went up to Aqueduct, they changed, and when they came back to Oakland, they changed right back. Okay. Well, I'm wondering if that's what it is. He doesn't have a license. I, I hadn't heard of this horse getting transferred or anything right. like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if that may be the case Could uh, be. there. Yeah, I don't know. Although I'm, I don't know how it works with trainers, but I know owners. It's very easy to get a license. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. I think with Diodoro in charge, you might. If you're going to go five deep, you might have to throw him in there. I don't know. I've never believed in that horse. There's a lot of pace in this race on paper, so maybe. You know, the horse gets uh, – oh, and, and Dennis says he believes the chains happened a little bit ago. So okay. maybe I just missed that because I don't care about Uno. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be interesting, though. If it's Diodoro for – if he's had him for a while, can he get a little bit more out of him? Yeah. Well, I think he can. I think he's yeah. proven that. I just can't go with that horse. Um, well, I know, but if you're going like five deep, you might. You know, this horse Mowens, this Indiana bred, not, he's – He's not bad. He kind of put it all together when stretching out in distance. You look at the two races around two turns that he has. He won by six and he won by five. Um, John Court comes back up to ride, came back up last time. I think in a race like this, I think that horse has got a shot to hit the board. I, I would take a long look at this three horse. Did you consider the three at all? No. Okay. <laughs> you, you hate you hate state breads. Wow. Just a hard uh, no. Okay. I'm not a very – I'm not sold on the trainer-jockey combination there too much. All right. Well, I can't I can't really argue there. <laughs> so are you, going with the, are you going with the seven on top? I think I'll go with the four. Okay. You're going to go King Ottoman. Well, gosh, I like that. But I'm going to go seven. You're going to go four. Well, I would go four seven, so it's the same thing basically. Well, no, yeah, but uh, sorry, hey, who are you betting to win? You're betting the four, so I think I so know. because I just don't. I think that may be a horse that's coming on. Who knows? Then it says the change happened on June seventh, so there you go. We've had a month with with the He's horse. Had a month, so who knows? Yeah. I'm telling what that horse might do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final ones. Let's go to the Belmont Oaks. And boy, we got two great grade one races we're going to talk about here for Belmont. It's closing weekend. This will be the last Saturday of the season at Belmont Park. It's a grade one Belmont Oaks going a mile and a quarter on the turf. Seven hundred thousand dollar field. It's a big I don't I don't want to read all these off. It's a big no. field. Uh who do we like here in the Belmont Oaks? Uh I went five. One six two. So the five is consumer spending. That's who you put on top. Winner of two straight races. So you went five one. McCulloch, the one horse, like you said, has been a second in two straight stakes races. Mm -hmm. uh, you had the six New Year's Eve. That horse was it was able to beat McCulloch last time out at fourteen to one at Churchill Downs. And then you had Cairo Memories. You said was the other one. The two. Yeah. Okay, winner of two in a row at Santa Anita. So mm -hmm. 
Start with uh, consumer spending. Why do you, why'd you have this horse on top? Well, well, to me, on all the races we've done, I like this one the best. That's my best bet in all the ones we've done. This, to me, was – I just think he's – or she's better. Uh, two for two. Chad Brown, come on. What else do you want? Mm-hmm. Turf. Uh, first in the grade two. I wrote this down. I can't read it. The Wonder again. Uh, this year, uh, four for six lifetime. I just think this horse is better than the rest of them. And I'm a little wondering, I guess Manny Franco has rode this horse most of the time. And, uh, of all the ones he's got, the jockeys he's got, Manny Franco's probably rated a little bit lower than the other two that are in this. So that is a head scratcher a little bit, but. That's the one I like the most. I, I I didn't even I like that one a lot too. I think it's between the five and the one. So I think it's a one, two, Chad Brown exacto. Well, we're gonna be very, very different on this one. All right. My favorite Chad Brown horse is the number three hottie. Really? Yes. Now I like McCoolick second. I like consumer spending third when it comes to just the Chad Brown horses, but I like okay. Hottie the best. Okay. Um, I thought her win in the Pin Oaks was super, was just super. I thought she was great all year last year to to win, almost win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf off of a, basically a, a maiden win. Yeah, that was pretty pretty darn good. So I do like Hottie uh, for Chad. I do like McCoolick and Consumer Spending. Can't argue there. Uh, I don't have either of the, any of those three on top. I don't have any of those three in second. I have in first the number one, uh, ten Concert Hall. Uh, coming in for Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore. This horse has been in three straight Group 1 races overseas. Hurrah, Epson, Hurrah. I'm telling you, these are very, very tough races this horse has been involved in. She was competitive in all three of them. A uh, mile and a quarter right up her alley where I'm a little worried. Some of these other horses here in the United States, that mile and a quarter might get them a little bit, especially with Hottie. I really like Hottie. Not sure about the distance there, but anyway, I like Concert Hall a lot in this spot. I think she comes over and gets it done. And uh, sticking with that theme, I like the number four with the moonlight uh, for for Appleby coming in here second. Uh, Frankie DeTori Rise, he's no stranger to anybody that follows racing. One of the best jockeys in the world. Uh, two races back, got a win at Newmarket last time out. Tried Group One Company uh, at Epson, and it just did not go well at all. This horse was just a no show, but. Uh, Appleby brings this horse over. He had great success last year doing so. I think he will be tough here. By the way, Appleby to Tory have raced uh, together three times in the last year in the United States. They've won all three. So I am going to go the 10 concert hall, the four with the moonlight, and then I'll sprinkle in hottie consumer spending in McCulloch in the bottom places. I know you don't like international horses. No, no. I was going to just clarify everything here. I don't know how to read what those international horses have done. I don't understand the races like you do. So I have to excuse my ignorance or pardon my ignorance on that. I have heard of number 10 though. So I almost threw him in there. But when I look at, when I look at what happens in Europe, I don't understand any of it. So. Well, and that's, listen, it's actually came, it came back to be very good for you at times on the guides. Cause we're all trying to get those European horses and you don't play them. And sometimes you'll get a big price. Well, like Regal glory for the good, 
for a good yeah. example, I mean, everybody was on Speak of the Devil, and you're like, I don't care about that European horse. And so <laughs> uh, Dennis says, if I gave you four to five on Euros and six to five on American trainers, who would you take? Well, my top two choices are European trainers, so I would have to go European in that situation. <laughs> so, all right, final one. We're going to go down to the Belmont Derby now. Another one. I'm not going to read all of them because it's a field of 13 horses lining up for this year's Belmont Derby. Of course, a grade one race going a mile and a quarter on the turf worth $1 million. This is the toughest field of the year, in my opinion. Yep. This was an awesome group. Uh, there's very little that you could kind of chuck out of here. I only see one, and it's a Kenny McPeak uh, trainee classic causeway. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, let's, hear, let's hear this one. This is impossible. I mean, yeah. this reminds me of a, a like a, I don't know, a $12,500 claimer non-winners of two. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just nothing to choose from in this, really. And then when you don't have the odds out there either, when you're ignorant like me on some of this stuff, I mean, come on. So, and again, I'm just going to ask you, because we got one, two, three, four uh, European horses. Are any of those your favorites? Yeah, I, I'm going to go. Uh, gosh, I, I've been debating on this. I'm going to go with Nation's Pride. Okay. On top. That is the 10 horse. And again, it's Frankie DeTore and it's Appleby. Uh, this horse was a no-show last time out. Just did not run very well. But the two races before that at Maidan was a winner and then went up to Newmarket and won. So I like Nation's Pride a lot, uh, and I like that Tatori is going to be aboard. I do like the 13 Stone Age, but I hate the post. That's the problem. This horse won two in a row, then went up to a Group 1 company last time out in a $2 million race, the Kazoo Derby, and the horse just didn't run very well. There's no way around that, but... Let me tell you something. That's a really, really tough race. By the way, the 10 Nations Prides coming out of that race as well. That's one of the toughest races in the world to win. So um, those two horses are going to be awfully tough in here, the 10 and the 13. I went on 10 on top. Uh, the other two international runners I don't like quite as well. Uh, and then when it comes to runners in the United States, it is a mess trying yeah, to yeah. figure out which one to pick. Who yeah, did you like out of the United yeah. States runners? Yeah, pick out one out of that. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the two? Yeah, stolen base is one I thought of. The horse won the grade two American uh, stakes last time out. Uh, Hasn't yeah, it, you know, it runs better on the turf, obviously, than the synthetic. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think this horse I think this horse is good enough. I, I if the yeah. if the Europeans aren't aren't their best, I think this horse is good enough. But okay, so is that your top choice of the Americans uh, of the United States horses? I can't believe I'm going to say it. I, you I gonna like go tis the bomb. I like tis the bomb. <laughs> Out of the I Americans, I do. I can't do it. Um, if I was going to go to the McPeak, I probably would do the four, but I don't like it. I don't like that horse either. What do you think about the five? Yeah, Grand Sonata, pretty good horse. I I would probably take Side Dog over this horse, uh, the seven, because you know Side Dog was able to beat Grand Sonata. Mm -hmm. uh, pedigree wise, I really think Side Dog has got the pedigree to get it done, but just didn't run very well last time out, and that bothers me. Um, but yeah, pedigree wise, I do like Side Dog yeah. a lot, but. God, I, I it, it almost makes me sick, but I, I just think tis the bomb. If he's got anything left, 
in the tank after these weird races he's been in, his turf races are awfully good. Hmm. I think I like the two best of the Americans, but or the U.S. Yeah, which is, but I don't like um, well. So if that ten is better than what you say, or better, or as good as what you say, uh, he's probably going to win. Yeah, I like the ten and thirteen quite a bit here. Uh, Dan makes or has a question, and Dan, it is a head scratcher. He says, "What do you guys make of Classic Causeway showing up here?" Head scratcher to me. So. Here's the deal. He this horse was managed almost almost picture perfectly up to the Tampa Bay Derby in great spots, picked up wins, really looking good. And for some reason after the Tampa Bay Derby, they threw him in the Florida Derby. I don't I just, I don't get it. I don't know why you did that. There was no reason to do that. It was not planned and he was awful. Well, mm -hmm. they probably should have just kind of backed off of him. Instead, they pushed on to the Kentucky Derby. Not good again. He shows up in a perfect spot, the Ohio Derby. He mm -hmm. shows a little bit of life. Like, I thought he ran well. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, all right, Dan, we're going to put this horse in, like, the West Virginia Derby next. Perfect. He might be ready. And then 14 days later, we're in the in the freaking Belmont Derby. Yeah. I mean, even if you wanted to try the turf, I'm not against that. But to try it here is insanity. I have, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. I probably just talked him right into the winter circle. He probably did. This but is a you crazy ever, entry. You ever seen a trainer get the quality horses that this guy gets and doesn't win very many races? Yeah, I, he's got very good horses. It's. I'm just scratching my head over this one. I I don't. I don't get it because it seemed like to me we had a horse that was in pretty good form and doing what he needed to be do, doing. He totally fell off a cliff. Part of that was just they got ambitious, weird entries. They, Kenny McPeak gets him and honestly, again, found a good race for him, had him ready to fire. He showed up, ran a good race when everybody's kind of bashing McPeak here for, for this entry, and it is crazy. But he did. That was a good spot. He got him ready, and then we did this. I just can't, I can't believe it. I'm shocked. And the other thing is, there's other speed in this race. I don't think this horse is going to get an easy lead here. Hmm. I just, I can't see it. He does some interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could he be a rabbit for the four, tis, or for, excuse me, for Tis the Bomb? Well. That's possible. I mean... I wouldn't be shocked if maybe that's it. Could he scratch? Yeah. Anytime McPeak enters, he could scratch. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they, they, maybe, maybe Tis the Bomb. And this is another one, Tis the Bomb, a dominant turf horse and trying the dirt with him. Yeah. You know? so, but listen, I do think he's going to have a good shot in this one. So, all right, who did you end up going with on top? Well, you talked me into the 10 because I didn't like any of the other ones anyway. So I would go with the 10. I don't think these American, these U.S. horses are that good in this I'm going to. I'm going to do something like 10, 13, 9, 7, I think, in this one. Yeah, that, that too. I kind of like that too. Yeah. So Dan says he didn't think about the rabbit angle, uh, but there's other speed. When you enter, you're not 100% sure who else is going to be in there. You got a decent idea. So maybe he was just making sure yeah. the speed was going to be there. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's it. Yeah. It's a head scratcher for sure. But he's here, and we'll see what he does. Like I said, I probably just talked him into the winner's circle. Right. He's not going to be anywhere close to any of my tickets. I can tell you that. So, yeah, it's going to be a good good race. This is this this one will give you a headache for sure. I I hope we can get half of them to the Saratoga Derby out of this. It'll be good. So. We shall see. All right, we've got just a few minutes. I've got a I've got a vet visit for the cat here, so we okay. got we got to wrap it up. But we do need to talk a little bit about uh, sports for a second. Do you want to get to Isaac's questions first? Yeah, let's do it real quick. Um, the first one was about Durant staying mm-hmm. with the uh, Nets and Irving going to the Lakers. <laughs> well, it'd kind of be like the Lakers to take Irving, wouldn't it? Yeah. Could he play with LeBron? I, and they'd have to get rid of Westbrook, wouldn't they? I would. I don't know what their situation is with that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I haven't I, followed I, the, their situation all that closely, but yes, I would think so. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Durant's going to leave the Nets if the Nets can find a place for him. I think. Mm-hmm. But the Nets have the upper hand because he's under contract for four more years. So. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see on that one. His other question was about a local kid from around here uh, named Aminu Muhammad, who played for Georgetown this year. And he played at a prep school here in Springfield at um, Class 2, which is very small for Missouri, mm-hmm. and was absolutely the greatest athlete I have ever been next to. We played against him. Uh, where I coached, and he was a man amongst boys. He went to Georgetown this year, and Georgetown was god-awful. They were just absolutely terrible. He was uh, – everybody around here – it was everywhere. thought he would be a top-10 draft pick the first year he came out of college. He was not. And I think part of it was because the team he played on was so bad. But he went ahead and declared for the draft, and I think he's a free agent. And – Isaac's question, and it was a very good one, should he have waited another year? And I think he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Aminu that may hurt him in the pros, he's not a great outside shooter. Uh, he's good, but he's not great. And I think that holds him back some because he's about six, six, eight, six, nine, something like that. But he's an outside guy. He's not an inside person. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I, I'm kind of like you, Isaac. I think he should have waited another year. Maybe Georgetown would have been better. He would have had some help around him because when you have absolutely no help and he didn't, you know, teams can key on you and stop you. So, anyway, that answers that question. Uh, this is kind of a, an example to kind of show people what, what can happen to these athletes. And we got to see it firsthand. Yeah. He was one, and you kind of mentioned it, it was a business from him even when he was like a sophomore yeah. in high school, right? And he had the plan of, I'll go to high school, one-year college, MBA, and that's it. Yeah. This guy was a can't-miss. He's a can't-miss. He's, he's going to be the best. He's a mm-hmm. top-ten guy. And then you have a college year where you don't get a lot of attention, and all of a sudden he's signing a free agency deal. Right. Or if he stays in school, who knows what happens. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, his story was he came from Africa. And he played on a travel on those AAU big time travel teams out of Washington, D.C. His brother was at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. And so he came to a prep school out of Springfield to be near his brother mm-hmm. and played there. It's a private school. And uh, it was 2A competition. But 
no one would play them. Once he got there, they couldn't find anybody to play. So they played all the big schools around here because that's the only people that would play him. So you got to wonder maybe if that level of competition, you know, hurt him. He went to Georgetown because Georgetown's in Washington, D.C., and that's where his AAU team was. Everybody recruited him, though. Uh, you'd go to games, and and Bill Self would be there. Uh, Roy Williams, at North, when he was at North Carolina, was there. All the guys wanted him. He is a man amongst boys. But I think another year might have helped him. Um, but I don't know. If you're good enough, you can make it. So we'll see what happens. I think he's playing in the, what are they called, the G League or the D League, whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, this summer. So anyway. Do you think he'll make it? Do you think he'll make the team? I just don't think he shoots the ball well enough. I just don't. He's not that great an outside shooter. Um, We'll set to see. You know, I saw him play not a lot, but some. He scored a lot of points just because he was so athletic, more athletic than the kids he played against. And he got a lot of points on offensive rebounds, things of that nature, taking it to the hole. Nobody could stop him much. Mm-hmm. Um, but his outside shooting is a little suspect. And in the pros, you got to be able to shoot the ball. It's it's obvious by watching him. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's quite well, funny. that'll be interesting. Hopefully he does. That would be, that'd be sad if he didn't. I, I yeah. think I definitely yeah. think. Yeah. Um, all right, very quickly, conference realignment. We don't have any new news. We do have a lot of rumors going on. Um, I think I think that's very briefly. Are we going to go to – I think the question is, are we going to go to two super-duper conferences and the rest is fending for themselves? Yeah. Or are we going to try to do what a lot of people have said for years is going to happen, four 16-team conferences? I don't know if 16 is going to be enough. I think we might see 20. I think um, 20-team conferences. See, I, I just I just don't understand that. I, I just don't. Essentially, essentially, you're going to have 24 team conferences, right? But you're going to have eight conferences, basically, because they're yeah. going to split into tens. That's right, and you cannot play each other in football. Right. Basically, that's what you're going to see. Um, and I think the Big Ten is well on their way to getting 20. And when they do, the SEC will gobble well, up. Have to. Yeah. And then you're going to have the Big 12 ace and the bit and the Pac 12 merge into one with the leftovers. And then I don't know what's going to happen with like the leftover ACC group. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting. It, it, it is. If you if you went the if you went the sixteen route, the four sixteens, which would make more sense. So obviously they're not going to do it. Uh, the ACC would just need two more to get to sixteen. The S, I say the, it's ACC. The SEC already has sixteen. Yeah. The Big Ten has sixteen. Right. Have, yeah. I think they're fourteen now. Are they at 14? I thought they already had 14. They did, and they got two more. So oh, that's what you mean now. Yeah, with, six, with USC, UCLA. Yeah. Gotcha. So Sorry. Yeah. The ACC could get two more and get to 16. Then you could combine the best of the Pac-12 with the Big 12, mm-hmm. and you'd have your other 16 teams. That would be the easiest. So they're obviously not going to do that. But I don't know why you want 20 teams because there's, like, in football, 
let's use the SEC, you're going to have a East and a West. There's no way you can play all of those teams in football. You're going to play the teams that are in your side of it, and then you're going to play maybe one or two schools from well, the other side of it. Aaron, but if you have 10, you're going to play nine of your yeah, games are going to be your division team. You don't have any more games left unless you don't play non-conference games. and you just I, play was, I was thinking about this the other day. I think there's a better-than-average chance, one time this all kind of shakes out, that Oklahoma will play very similar teams to what they were playing in the Big 12. It's quite possible because I could see Oklahoma State coming into the SEC. Yeah. And who knows? Do you think maybe that was planned all along? It's possible. I don't think so. The SEC, where are they going to – who else are they going to grab? Are they going to grab Clemson, obviously? Clemson, Florida State, Florida State. I think they would go that direction, yeah. Okay, so that would give them 18. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State would be 19. Because Oklahoma State, I think, is good enough to be in the SEC in all sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they deserve it. They've their their football is is really good. So then do you take Miami? I don't think people realize Miami is not that sought after. Mm-hmm. It they really the Miami is in their own mind is really good, but mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else really looks at them. They probably would take them though to get the Miami market. Yeah. But nobody in Miami gives a shit about Miami. They don't care no. down there. They don't even have their own facility yeah. uh, to play football in. So, yeah, that's, I guess, who the SEC, the big kicker would be Notre Dame. Would they go to the ACC or would they crap all over them and go to the Big Ten? You know, to me, they would be smarter to go to the ACC. Well, wait a minute. There's not going to be an ACC, is there? That's just it. There, you have to. Right now, you need to be in the Big Ten or you need to be in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because listen, if the SEC does actually get Florida State and Clemson, the ACC's done. It's, it's done. And I don't. That's a thing. Uh, those schools, like a Duke or North Carolina, those type of schools, I don't know where they fall in this. I don't either. You know, uh, Wake Forest, uh, you know, schools like that. I, they're, they're they're screwed. Yeah. They they just are because they don't have the fan base. They don't have the the name. They just in football the sport that drives everything. It's mm-hmm. like Kansas. What's going to happen to them? Mm-hmm. You know, in football they're nothing. Basketball they're as good as anybody. So will somebody take them because they're so good in basketball? Where does Louisville go? That's another school. Well, it's screwed, Dennis. They're just screwed. They really are. I think the SEC. It's where they need to be, but I don't know what the interest I, is on the either SEC side. Want them? I don't know. I think they're an I SEC school. Just to throw this out, Dennis, and I'm not knocking Louisville at all. I would take Cincinnati over Louisville. Uh, it's because of football. I don't. I don't know that I would do that. I don't. I think they're about the same. I don't know. I, Cincinnati I, or Louisville, both. I. Well, here's the other thing too, Aaron. That is so okay. You got. Let's look. Let's just look at the SEC for just a second. This is a show where you need to save for later down the line because I know you got to go. You got a school like Vanderbilt, okay? That's in the SEC. They aren't worth a crap, Mm -hmm. but there they are, locked into this power conference, 
And then you take a Louisville or a Cincinnati or a Stanford, someone like that who's on the outside, or an Oklahoma State that's mm -hmm. on the outside looking in. I know. <laughs> Just because, well, let's put Missouri in that category too. Missouri is no better than Louisville. Mm -hmm. They're no better than Stanford. They're no better than Oklahoma State, but they're already in the SEC. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're saying, Dennis, about Louisville overall, their overall program is good. I agree with you totally. But that's not what this is about. Yeah, that's the problem. That's uh, the problem. And you, you, look, you look at the Big Ten. You got Rutgers. You got Maryland. You got Indiana. Northwestern are already locked into these conferences, mm -hmm. which leaves out your Oklahoma States and all that I just said. And it's it's crazy is what it is. It's a it's it really is. It is. And yeah, I mean the, the Louisville situation, that's that's one of those tweener schools that I was talking about. I don't I think they can get to the SEC. I really do. I think there'll be enough interest there. Maybe. They're yeah. in that situation. Like I said, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa, well, Iowa State, not Iowa. That, if there. the SEC goes to 20, Clemson and Florida State are a lock, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you would think Miami. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I think, I think Miami would beat out Louisville, wouldn't you? Probably, yep. So then it would come down to Oklahoma State and Louisville, I think. I think they would take Louisville in that situation. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would take Louisville. Daniel says he's in Michigan. There's strong rumors for years about Iowa State and Pittsburgh joining the Big Ten. I think that would happen. Yes. Probably would. Uh, Iowa State, I've heard before, and I never knew this until we were discussing realignment last year, that Iowa State's, and this is so funny because this has nothing to do with it, but they say it does, their academics match up with the Big Ten's quote-unquote superior academics, right. this has nothing to do with yeah. academics. This has money, dollar signs written all over it. Uh, I really believe COVID has escalated all of it. I think it was going to happen, and then COVID happened, and these schools got hurting for money, and so they just said, well, we have to make the move. Are you thinking COVID messed up the brains of these college presidents? <laughs> no, I think it's all about money. And when you are making a lot of money and then it all goes away yeah. for a year, year and a half, and it's it's very little, you've got to make yeah. moves to get it back. And, uh, truth is bragging here on Bama. You're going to get no argument from us. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no argument here. I think No, no argument from us. Well, I know got circled on my calendar, and you better come through, Truth, and that's when Alabama plays Texas. You better kick the crap out of <laughs> um, the game. News, I'll be rooting for Alabama. The good news, Truth, is you. I don't think we're here during the football season. This show is usually all about football. Oh, football. Yeah. So you're really going to enjoy it, and we do yeah. a lot of college football. So yeah, we get um, into pros some too, but yeah, uh, if you've never watched our show and, and even some of the horse racing or well, the, the betting thing we do every day now or Wednesdays or so, whatever it is. Uh, Aaron and I have our Aaron's passion is college football. I mean, horse racing, obviously is where he makes his living, but his passion is college football. Yeah. And it's uh, something that he and I do. We are huge Oklahoma fans. Mm -hmm. So 
we're kind of if you're an Alabama fan, you know where you know where we're coming from. Yep, yep, and I said it. Truth, I don't think you're around during football last no. year, but yeah, that we're gonna be, love the show. You will like this show for sure. Yeah, yep. and Miami, you're right. They haven't been very good in a long time. So, no. Anyway, doesn't matter though. They they got a big market, and that's the key. They do, and, and they got a name. They used yep. to be pretty good, so. For sure. All right, I got to go and got to take Kitty to the vet. All right. It's the last vet visit. Gets the stitches out today, so hopefully she's uh, she's good to go after this. Let's hope. They know we're at the vet by first name now, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We're, we're going to get out of here now. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we will – uh, see you next time. Let's see. I think we'll be back probably Wednesday of next week. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So, all right, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels. Never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.